If your friend picked a tattoo for you to get. Oh, I think it'd be the Worthington W for sure. All across oh, my back. That's a great like w. LeBron has. <laughs> if the Steelers were boxing with Ivan Drago, I would root for Ivan Drago. Oh. Did you ever find yourself standing in front of a mirror mimicking Axl Rose in the way he does? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Welcome. It's great to be with all of you for Worth the Journey, a Worthington Schools podcast. My name is Angie Adrian, and I get to serve Worthington Schools as the Assistant Superintendent of Academics. I'm Jeff Maddox. I'm the Director of Human Resources for the Worthington Schools. Awesome. And together, we are your hosts for this podcast and really appreciate you taking the time to hear the stories of those that we get to work alongside of in Worthington Schools. Worthington Schools is a district of about 11,000 students and 1,400 staff. We take a lot of pride in building strong relationships with others, which truly impacts our culture. Culture makes people understand each other better. And if they understand each other better, it's a lot more fun to work together. We know that, don't we, Jeff? Absolutely. Culture encompasses the shared values, traditions, and diverse perspectives that shape the identity of our community. Our mission in Worthington Schools is to empower a community of learners who will change the world. In this podcast, we get to interview others who are already changing the world through the intentional effort of storytelling. We know that storytelling really triggers our brain responses that affect both our mental and physical makeup, and stories are proven to motivate and change minds. Worth the Journey is a podcast with the purpose of just that, to share the stories of the awesome humans that we get to work alongside of each and every day in Worthington Schools. Everyone has a story to tell, but not all people have someone to listen to. So for our audience out there, thanks for taking the time to tune in and listen to today's Worth the Journey podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Apple, Google, our school website, or wherever you get your local podcasts. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this upcoming interview. <laughs> you know, while I have much respect for our guest, I'm like a little nervous. And maybe nervous isn't the right word. It's just an interview where we really need to be at the top of our game. Without a doubt. And, you know, respect is an interesting thing. 100% I respect him. But then he's going to have some interesting takes that, let's be honest, the majority of our listeners are going to question. So and we'll talk about his love for the Bengals. And mm. a lot of folks out there are going to question the love for Bengals and Jelly Bellies, all those kinds of things. Have you ever been to the top of a mountain? I have. You have? Yeah, I didn't climb it, though. I took a train. <laughs> you took a train to I the did. top of a mountain. Yeah, logic and the fact that I can't climb mountains. Yeah. Took over and I took a train to the top. I did climb a mountain in Zion. It was like a man-made path. Yeah. Yeah. But then it you got to the top and there, the top was called Angel's Landing. I'm doing a good job, right? I'm holding yeah, on to sure. this chain, yeah. going all the way up to the top until I turn around and realize how high I am. And then I'm like dove to the ground and <laughs> held onto the side <laughs> of the mountain. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get back down. But that's my only experience and I've never done it again. But our guest today has been at the top of several mountains. And while he hasn't always taken the time to enjoy the journey to get there, he loves being able to say that he met his goal. He thinks with the end in mind and... Yeah. He's going to get to the top, and he's going to say he accomplished, and I think there's a story or two in there for our podcast. I think he's got some incredible stories of in the moment, there's probably high levels of emotion, but in reflection, mm -hmm. probably has strengthened relationships in his life. But in the moment, we'll see if they it's really probably uh, were teetering on that relationship. Yeah, we'll see if it really strengthened relationships with his family, because <laughs> part of that climb was dragging his family <laughs> up to the top, too. So with us today is our colleague and boss, Dr. Trent Bowers. 
Trent is now serving in his ninth year as our superintendent of Worthington Schools. Hey, boss. Ange, Jeff, thanks for having me. Doctor, thanks for joining us. I wondered us. if I'd ever get invited to the Worth the Journey podcast, but having been a longtime listener of your podcast, you guys have done an absolutely outstanding job. I appreciate the guests that you've brought on and the stories that you're telling about Worthington Schools. Well, thank you. We weren't sure what we were getting into when we started, but we're certainly having some fun with it. Edge and I always say we uh, literally have no idea what we're doing, but we're having a blast doing it. So Trent, tell us just a little bit about your professional career. Get us started. Um, Tell us about you. I will tell you I'm the luckiest man alive. So I've been the superintendent of Worthington Schools now for the last nine years. I'm a graduate of Worthington High School, went to Worthington Hills Elementary, and then Perry Middle School, then McCord Middle School, because McCord opened between my seventh and eighth grade year, able to go to Worthington High School, went off to college, became a teacher, began my teaching career in King George County, Virginia, but eventually made it back to Worthington where I taught at Evening Street Elementary School, eventually McCord Middle School, left Worthington to get to be a principal in another school district, and then have been back now for 16 years, both in our human resources department and then assistant superintendent and I'm now the superintendent of Worthington Schools. You're a proud graduate of the Worthington Schools, but what makes you most proud in your current role as the superintendent? Uh, you know, we work with amazing people that every day show up to try to make a positive difference in the lives of kids and families. And so what I love about public schools is that we're a community organization. So we're working with 11,000 students. Every one of them, each of them is unique. And our teachers, our support staff show up to try to care for and love on and really help a child and their family through this journey that we call life. It's a complicated process. It's not always linear. We want to see success in a linear fashion. But what I appreciate is that we've got 1,325 staff members that understand their role, that they're going to be a trusted adult for our kids, that they're going to help them learn and grow to the highest point possible, and that they show up every day and do a difficult job with a servant mindset. Worthington's an amazing place, and I can go back now and talk about teachers that I grew up with, you know, a Connie Ball or a Bill Wolford or a Paula Bauer at Worthington Hills Elementary School. And then your Tim Dove that was a seventh grade teacher of mine. And Paul Kulik that was my eighth grade mm-hmm. principal at McCord that suspended me from school for <laughs> something that happened. And when I showed up at the office, my dad was already there. And I was like, oh, well played, Mr. <laughs> Kulik. Well played. You know, I thought, can I run? Do it? Will I make it? Um, <laughs> running, and, you know, running makes it worse. And then, you know, at Worthington High School where people like a Jan Fish, I I literally say changed my life and her investment in my life. And so Worthington has this long heritage. And then when I became a teacher, I worked with people like Sue Hume and Joe O'Rourke and Ann Heffernan at Evening Street and went to McCord Middle School and got to work with people that are still in Worthington, like a Dave Murphy and a Kevin Finnegan and a Robert Estes and people that just invest and make a difference. And so it's been really neat to see this new generation of Worthington teachers come on board, Mel that was on your podcast and Abby Smolin that was on your podcast and really emulate what the generation before them or two generations before them has done by caring for kids in Worthington. That's what makes me most proud, Jeff. The very thing that you talk about that you're proud of, of our teachers and our staff in Worthington schools, truly is is led by you. That's because you care deeply about the work that you do in Worthington schools. And when I think about your leadership, I feel like I know what makes you a really good leader. But when you reflect on your own leadership, what is it that you believe makes you really good at the work that you get to do in Worthington schools? Well, I don't know if I'm really good at anything. And, I, you know, yeah. so I, I think um, what I would say 
say is I'm surrounded by amazing people. And so Worthington has the ability to attract really strong leaders and, and strong educators. This is a community that cares deeply about public education. When I became superintendent, what I determined was there's not a real high success rate for a school superintendent, right? These jobs turn over at a, at a pretty high rate. Yeah. And so I really said to myself, I, I want to be who I am, right? And so if if someday a board of education says, you're not the person that we want in Worthington, and that'll happen at some point, I want to be able to look back and say, I was true to myself and I, I put forward what mattered most. And so to me, what matters most is that we love our kids, right? As a parent, what I want for my children is to know that the teachers that are working with them care deeply about my child. Now, we need them to learn and grow at high levels, but sure. nobody learns and grows outside of relationship. And so I was really lucky in Worthington to be hired by a board of education and then to continue to be supported over the last nine years by boards of education that believe in this concept. We say our first and last expectation in Worthington is to be kind to kids. Kindness is never enough, but we want to make sure that we cement that, that that's in our heads, because the number one thing we care about is how we treat our kids, how we interact with our kids, how we respect our kids, how we build relationships with our kids. If we do that, I believe we can teach and learn. Every child in Worthington schools, each child needs to know that they've got this trusted adult that cares in them, about them and believes in them. Because oftentimes, and I'll say this is true in my own life, we don't believe in ourselves until we understand that somebody else believes in us. And in public education, that's the role that I think we have to play. We have to give kids hope. We have to believe in them. And eventually, hopefully, they believe in themselves. And then what's really self-actualized is when these people come back and they teach for us or they, they work in Worthington schools and they give back to that process, to that next generation. We talk about this all the time. We have a high percentage of employees in the Worthington schools who emulate what you just said. They care how people feel. So as I was listening to you talk, it reminded me of your six expectations. What is the evolution of that? So you just didn't one day say, here's my six. So what's the evolution of that? Well, I mean, the truth is I, I really did one day say this is my six. So I became an elementary school principal in Marysville. I was an assistant principal for a year. I was uh, given the opportunity to open a new school. And we were coming together for our first staff meeting. And one of the things that I believe is that people want to do the right thing. People want to meet expectations. And therefore, as a leader, it's our job to make the path clear for them because most people want to do what's expected of them. We have to share what's expected. And so I really sat down before that first staff meeting and said, what is it that matters most to me? Like if, if we are going to see success as a school at that point, what are these expectations? And it really started with be kind to kids. And that's really what I wanted and then cemented that at the end because you want to make sure everybody understands, guys, this is what's most important. So we say it first and we say it last. Over time, as I when I became a school superintendent, obviously you're looking at that from a bigger structure. But I think that the goal's still the same. We have 1,325 employees. Every one of them wants to do a good job. But we need to help them understand, hey, what are our highest priorities? So our highest priorities, no matter what your job is in Worthington schools, is how we interact with our kids. You may be the school secretary. You may be the school nurse. You may be a custodian in our school, right? You have a task. The task may be, if you're the custodian, to make sure that our school is as clean as possible. But your number one job is how we interact with our kids, right? Because this is an organization based on the students in Worthington schools. So... Those expectations for me have stuck with me. I, you know, they've evolved over time. When we write about them, we write about them a little bit differently. That the top line 
target hasn't changed, but obviously over the last 15 to 20 years, when we talk about kindness, we talk about things today, like I'm much more comfortable today saying kindness is love. What does love require of me? What would you do for someone you love? Earlier in my career, I probably would have stayed away from the word love. I just wouldn't have been comfortable to say, are we going to use the word love (laughs) in public or in organizational leadership? But really, this is a human profession. I have to ask myself that question a lot. What does love require of me? And guys, oftentimes it doesn't require the things I really want it to. Um, (laughs) But it forces me into action to say, what would I do for someone my love? And I want every one of our staff members to ask that question to say, hey, when I'm working with this student, students are developing. They're not always doing what we want them to. They're often rarely doing what we want them to. And that's the educational journey. And yet we have to still say, hey, this may be uncomfortable, but what would I do for someone I love? And that's really where this kindness piece comes from. And, you know, being present and communicating and serving the customer, all those are offshoots of what's really matters most in our school district, which is that we're kind to kids. When I think about my own career in education, um, I didn't teach. I think it was a total of seven years. Um, And never did I really think about becoming an administrator until one of my administrators said to me, Ange, I think you you need to think about becoming a principal or becoming um, an administrator. And so, you know, quickly, because somebody said that to me that I that I cared about and that I respected, you know, I went back to school. I think there's a story of of a person who had an impact on your life. And I think her name was Jan Fish or is Jan Fish? Yeah, you know, I can give you lots of these stories. And I I want to talk about Mrs. Fish because she changed my life. But there's so many people over the years in Worthington that have poured into my life. And so as a young student at Worthington Hills, I had a learning disability. I think in today's world, you'd look at my reading profile and say probably dyslexic, but that wasn't how you talked in 1983. And what I knew is that there were really smart kids in the class and I wasn't one of them. And yet Gary Moore was my physical education teacher and Gary just poured into my life because I loved physical education. So he would let me come down and be a gym aide. And that meant I got to actually like have access to the gym closet. Like I thought this was king of the world. All the equipment um, you want. Yeah. <laughs> and when I talked Gary Moore, you know, the founder of Super Games, someone who still made a major difference in our, in our schools and his wife, Kathy, tutored me. I would go to their house and sit in their living room and she would be my English tutor to help me through elementary school. But I went through my educational journey and again, really early was cemented with there are smart kids and then there's me. And I just how I saw myself and I just didn't believe that, you know, I could do school and school was hard. I mean, it was really hard for me. But I got to high school and Jan Fish was my English teacher and I took her for a class called etymology. My mom Mm -hmm. thought that etymology would help me on my SAT score. She was wrong. It did not help me. (laughs) Um, it was a good thought, though. But it was a good thought. And so I took Jan for etymology, and we built a relationship. And she just stuck with me. And at some point in etymology, said, she said, hey, why don't you take my advanced composition class? And I'm like, I don't know. That word advanced, right? Realized, like, I'm not right. not in that advanced. You know, <laughs> you can do this. And so I took advanced composition with Mrs. Fish. And again, she just poured into my life and over time helped me believe in myself because she believed in me first. And I, you know, told the story. We would meet at Daltz. Daltz was a restaurant at the Worthington Mall. Back then, it was Worthington Square. She would have these study sessions and I would get invited to go to Daltz. And there might be some girls there that I also wanted to, you know, be in a study (laughs) partnership with. But Jan would come to my events. She would come to my lacrosse games. She would talk to me about it. And really, she she taught me to believe in myself. 
or more than that, she transferred her belief that she had in me that I didn't see yet into my ability. And, you know, that was a slow process. And so I graduated from Worthington High School in the bottom half of my senior class, which I hopefully gives hope to kids who are in school right now. And then I went off to college and there was another mentor of mine that kind of poured into my life. And eventually I started to say, you know, I can do this. But it took years for that process to happen. And I really do credit Jan and her work. And just, and again, it wasn't what she taught. I don't, I'm, and I'm not saying she wasn't a great teacher. I'm sure she was a great teacher. But what I remember is nothing that we did in school with the Apple IIe computer and working on my, <laughs> on my advanced comp. What I remember is that she believed in me. And eventually, because she did, I began to believe in myself. And I think that's transferred really for the rest of my life. And I hope that's the impact that, you know, I hope everybody has that story, that there's that impact. And and you mentioned becoming an administrator. It was Dr. Yeah. Ann Heffern and the principal at Eden Street Elementary I can um, that pulled me aside, right? I can, I can go, we could go stand in the spot we were standing when Ann Heffern and said, hey, I think you should become a principal. I'd never thought about it. Never right. occurred to me. It never crossed my mind. I was going to be a teacher and a coach and the head football coach somewhere. And that moment totally changed my trajectory. Yeah, it does. I can relate to that. Mine was uh, Mr. John Creamer, principal at Washington Courthouse High School. I mean, I remember where I was in the hallway when he said something to me, and I, I had only been there um, a year teaching, and it does. It totally changes. You know, and as an educator, I think it's one of those pieces, like, we have so many conversations, but we have the ability to speak life into people, right? The words yeah. that we speak really don't describe people but they give them life or they can tear them down. And so it's so critical that we are really careful and that we're intentional about giving people life with those words. I had the pleasure of working with Janet Thomas Worthington, phenomenal educator. Then you kind of reflect on our current staff. We have so many Jan fishes that truly understand the purpose of why they show up and the impact that they're making. And if you're not that person who understands that, start to understand that because everything we do, students are watching, they're listening, they're learning, they're growing from that. My follow-up question is, is you got into Gary Moore's uh, PE closet. What was the Trent Bowers PE class game you love playing? I was all about floor hockey, right? The floor hockey, the, the unit on floor hockey, getting to set the boards up for floor hockey. We would run floor hockey tournaments before school. Man, I'd be there at like 6.30 in the morning, right? I'm going to be there. I'd go to class with my wristbands. I'd be sweaty. Um, I, floor <laughs> hockey, I was going to take that all seriously. In. If I lost a tooth playing floor hockey, oh, it was yeah. totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. That was I need to preface it. this. We've evolved in PE class. Did uh, Mr. Moore allow you to check? during your floor hockey games? Did it get a little physical? I think everything got a little physical in the 80s. Um, but Mr. Mort was ahead of his time, right? So oh. we have elementary school climbing walls that go to the ceiling where we do climbing units in all of our elementary schools. And that started with Gary Moore. And that's tradition today. Our, our elementary students are learning to repel and belay and really gaining confidence by jumping off of trying to catch a trapeze at the top of our gym. That happened because these are the principles that Gary brought to Worthington schools years ago and they remain strong today and super cool. Jeff, let me, I want to go back for just a second and say, you know, you talked about our teachers today. And so I've been really lucky to have my three daughters go through Worthington schools and two of them are graduates of Worthington schools, one still in school. And I think about my middle daughter, Campbell, who's in school right now. She wants to be an English teacher and she wants to be an English teacher because she wants to be like Jen Davidson. So Jen Davidson's a teacher That's at cool. Thomas Worthington and I get emotional talking about sure. it, but really poured into her life. My youngest daughter, Riley, is a 16-year-old, and she'll tell you that Mallory Tecklenburg, her math teacher, is that person that—now, Riley doesn't want to be a math teacher, 
but she'll tell you that, that Mallory is that person that, again, really believes in her and scaffolds her and helps her. And so we've got these examples today across the school district of people making this positive difference. And so when we start this conversation, you say, what are you proud of? Man, I'm just I'm so grateful for the people that every day work to care about our students in Worthington schools. Sometimes the days and weeks get long, but the impact is always there. We're very, very fortunate. It's our teaching staff. It's our classified staff. It's our administrators. We have incredible people who show up and understand the, the reason why they show up. Thanks for tuning in to today's Worth the Journey podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, our Worthington Schools website, or wherever you get your podcasts. A big thanks to Corey Carter and our communications team for making this podcast a reality. And of course, to our students at The Ohio State University in the communications department. The journey may not always be easy, but it'll definitely be worth it. Thanks for taking care of each other and have a great day out there. <laughs>